0: Hello and welcome to the learning to slay the beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome like anxiety, obesity, health and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. With the release of my new book, uh, Pendulum, by S.E. German in February 2021, I thought it would be really fun to spend a little time digging into the book and the writing process and kind of do a QA and a with myself. So I've totally heard this done where another podcaster comes on and interviews somebody about their book, but I thought it'd be kind of cool to just go back and forth um, in terms of questions that I would ask somebody if I were reading this book and having them on my show and answer them myself. So the first one, I wanted to just kind of start with a bit of an overview of my novel pendulum. So it is a middle grade novel, and a middle grade novel is basically a novel that's written at the grade levels for about five to eight. So, you know, you're looking at kind of an average of like an 11, 12 year old age, um, and then a little bit beyond. And of course, adults often read middle grade novels because there are so many examples of novels that have taken over in terms of being loved by everyone. So, I mean, think Harry Potter, think the Percy Jackson series, um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I mean, my kids um, at all ages have loved those and then the movies afterwards. So those are just a few examples from movies. Another one would be Wonder. So that one was also made into a movie. And so, of course, very popular uh, even beyond middle grade. And then you can also read middle grade novels to younger children if they are appropriate. So even though it's geared up that age, I would say um, it's not necessarily bound to the middle grade age in terms of the content. So, the book itself is about a young boy who struggles with overnight changing from being very silly and happy and playful to depressed, sad, angry. He develops facial tics. And then his family tries to figure out what is going on with the young boy. So, you know, of course, there's many trips to different medical professionals involved. Eventually, they start to believe that it is uh, PANDAS, which I've talked about a number of times on the podcast. PANDAS or PANS. Uh, PANDAS is pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder associated with streptococcal infections. PANS is very similar, but doesn't have that same association with strep. But it can be other issues that, that bring on the very similar symptoms. So in the book, they start to figure that out, and then they start to go through um, different treatment options. But then, of course, The boy starts to get older and they move in the book and he starts to just kind of go through average middle grade challenges like having a first crush playing sports, you know, the moving is another piece that's kind of a transitional piece for many children um, and young adults as well if they experience a move. And and really, we just follow the boy as he continues all of that while still struggling with pandas and, and trying to get treatment and kind of his perspective. So it is all told first person from the position of the boy who in the book is 11, but we obviously see transition from um, the onset of the disorder and onwards. So that's kind of a summary of the book and um, hopefully a story that others will enjoy. So the first question I would ask myself if I were interviewing myself would be where did the idea and the inspiration come from? So Of course, I have shared a number of times that my son struggles with PANDAS, and um, so a lot of my thinking for the last five years has really been around this disorder. And so it's something that's kind of always going through my mind, and I'm always trying to think about um you know what else we can do for him and how other families are doing and about 2 years ago i went on a work trip and i had really been thinking a lot about writing a book and just like well what would my book be what could i write a book about and just a lot in that kind of mindset and while i was away i was actually in london england and while i was away i just all of a sudden thought well my goodness i've spent so many hours, so much of my life learning about pandas. Like, why wouldn't I write a book about that? And I thought, yeah, but I'm I'm not a medical expert. Like, I'm not going to write a book with um, advice. And, you know, I'm not going to write a research paper. Like, I want to write a novel. I want to write a story. And so that's where I really got the idea of doing it in more of a fictional story type way. And then also, I really started to think about the audience and who needs this book. And I thought, well, parents would really benefit from this book, but so would kids. And I know there have been other books written more aimed at parents and, you know, from a parent's perspective, but I thought it would be really neat for kids to be able, that are either struggling with pandas or struggling with you know, average middle grade issues or a variety of other mental health issues like depression, anxiety, um, OCD is one thing that's uh, covered a lot in the book as well, to kind of be able to identify with something and someone. And so that's where I really started to think about this character and how he could speak in a voice to kids that are just kind of like him and and they could kind of identify with him and his ups and downs, and hopefully find support. So that was really the inspiration from the book. And of course, like I said, you know, my son does struggle with this disorder, but this is a fictional novel. It's not meant to be um, our story, I've taken pieces of different stories that I've heard. I've taken um, ideas from research in terms of how things have worked for other patients and studies and things like that. So it's not meant to be um, our story or, or anything like that, but more meant to be a story pieced together with with a lot of different ideas and of course, being fiction. So I've kind of covered, what it's about, and where that inspiration came from. And so from there, I just went for it. I thought, I'm just going to try this. I've never written a book. I've written many things, um, you know, for work. I've written many things in terms of um, research-type papers and and things like that, but not a novel. So I felt like a real green, green person in trying to do that and write in a language that is... um, accessible for, for middle graders. So in terms of what I wanted to achieve, that would have been my next question. And I think I, I just touched on this a little bit, but what I'd really wanted was to have something that middle graders could identify with that that, you know, even those issues beyond pandas, people, a lot of people, especially nowadays and especially after and during COVID, anxiety has gotten so high in our society, panic attacks, all of that, um, depression as well. And we know that OCD is kind of a form of anxiety. And so I think a lot of what we touch on here will be um, making a lot of sense to a large population. And, And it may even be the case where they don't know that they're struggling with something until they read this book. And so my hope is to kind of Make mental health issues accessible. um, and then also, I really wanted to bring some awareness to pandas and pans. Um, I feel like this idea that neuropsychiatric issues can come from a previous physical issue, like a strep infection. Uh, is really not well known, and so I think in this case that was part of my hope is to to kind of get something out there that that people could even just start to hear or think about these disorders, and, and start to understand them a little bit. We've heard from on the podcast the pandas doctors as well as different parents, and there's just such a stigma around pandas and pans, and so I felt like having something out there uh, that would bring more awareness and attention would be helpful in this space. So the next question I would ask myself is, how did you write it? So like I said, I'm a totally green author. And I even thought that to myself, how am I going to write a book? I work full time. I'm a mom of two including, you know, a child who has a lot of medical appointments and things like that. So I really just started to employ some of the techniques that I heard about from the Hollis company, um, like finding an extra hour in your day. And that wasn't always so easy. So I thought, well, maybe it doesn't need to be a whole hour because a lot of times I was already waking up early to work out. So I was like, well, how, like, how early am I waking up now if I'm going to write and then work out to get my book done? So then I started to take a different approach. Uh, Initially, I, I, you know, sat at my computer and, and was going to do it that way. And then I just felt really blocked. And so I actually just started, even while I was on that work trip in England at nighttime before bed, when I was back in my hotel room, I just started writing pages in my journal. A whole bunch of ideas and anything that came to me, anything in terms of the story, and just kind of started that way. And then I would take that notebook with me everywhere that I went. So if I had spare time while my children were seeing their tutor or in one of their dance lessons, I would sit down and write in my journal by hand because this way I didn't have to have the computer with me and I didn't have to, you know, block off a whole day. I could just fit it in in short bits whenever I could. And what I would do is as I would finish writing, like say, oh my gosh, my kids are going to be done in five minutes. So I got to finish. I'd write down a couple of point form ideas for what I want to write next. I maybe don't have time to do it, but I just made a little note like, right about this, this, and this. And then the next time that I would get those few minutes again, I would just pick up where I left off. So that was kind of the main way that I did it. Of course, I did then push on certain weekends or certain evenings. I'd say, oh, I really need to get, you know, a little bit more done here and there. Um, But that was a big way that I did it. Also, you know, like lunch breaks, things like that, just to kind of fit in a few minutes of of writing and it's surprising how quickly it can come and things can just pour right out of you and then you're you've got pages and pages and pages before you know it so of course writing by hand has a downside in that you then have to type it all so that was kind of a big looming piece for me for a while was oh no now I have to type out all this book and um, But I did it. So that was where I took some concentrated time and I was like, I'm going to take a few hours, you know, on different weekend days and I'm going to get this book into a computer because I didn't um, want or I really couldn't start editing anything until I got it actually written. And so once I took those initial pages and got them, got them kind of typed into A manuscript, then I was able to start to edit what the story was going to become. It was almost like I took a whole bunch of pieces and then was able to edit, but also find the holes like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Or, you know what? It maybe makes way more sense to move this to the beginning of the story. And, or maybe this is more. You know, appropriate at the ending and things like that. So that was one piece that you know. Eventually, I did take it, obviously, to a computer, but um, was really able to then dig in and and see how everything lined up. And I will say, you know, it is a hard, long process. And there was many times where I was scribbling things in my book, and I thought, I don't even know if this is going to be anything. But I just kind of kept at it, and you know, obviously kept thinking about how to structure a novel. Because I have kids that are middle grade, I read a lot of middle grade books because I read with them. And so I actually one day went up to my son's room and I grabbed a whole bunch of middle grade books and I was just looking at them all for structure because I wanted to understand, you know, the best way that I could structure a middle grade book um, for the story that I was trying to tell. So the other thing I did more in the editing and rounding out the story process was, you know, more fact checking, going, doing more research, finding out what else I could include, trying to make sure that what I was writing was accurate, and um, rounding out the story that way. So that was kind of another big piece was that that research kind of piece as well, and that doesn't always come again in that pen to paper initial writing phase. So the next question that I would ask would be, how did you find a publisher or actually get the book published? So that was really interesting as well. So I knew I had a manuscript that was in decent shape. This was probably about a year into the process, maybe less. I started to think about, okay, I've got something here. I know it's going to be long enough for a book. I know it's got a story. How am I going to get this out into the world? And so I started to research, how do you get an agent? How do you get a publisher and things like that? And found tons and tons of advice and and asked people as well. And I started sending out, you know, different literary agents want, you know, maybe the first two chapters or, you know, things like that. And so I started sending out these um queries, they're called query letters, to different agents and, you know, started hearing back and it didn't seem like anybody was going to bite and I started to feel um, uncertain about whether that was the way to go. So I did get some positive feedback though and that was really helpful. Um, The working title of the book, actually I got some feedback on that. It was different to start and so I ended up changing that and I got... Definitely a lot of positive, but nobody feeling like that it was fitting with their own um, books that they were publishing at the time or, or what they were looking for. So I kind of felt good from that. Like I felt like I should continue, but I thought, oh my God, I could spend years sending letters to these agents and never get anywhere. And I'm really impatient. And I also, like I said, have a full-time job and I thought, eh, I can't do much more in terms of the reaching out and and all of that kind of stuff so I started to look at the idea of self-publishing and started to think about how that could work part of the other reason was that I think because the disorder pandas and pans are both not very well known I think it was a little confusing for some people and so again I felt like the agents may not um pick up on it, and it, it may just be something that's really difficult to get published. So I did come across a company called Freezen Press, and they offer a whole bunch of services around self-publishing your book. They're Canadian-based. And so I started to research them a little bit more. And one of the first things that caught my eye was getting um, an edit done and I think because I wasn't so sure about where I was with this book, one of the things they offered was an editor's evaluation. And I felt like, okay, you know what? It was not expensive. And for what I would get, it would be, you know, areas that are working, areas where I could improve, and just getting a third-party person to read my book manuscript and give me some feedback. And so I ended up going forward with that. And I felt like it was totally worth it. They gave me some great ideas of adding in one thing in particular was more dialogue. So that was something that um, I ended up doing. and, And then also just I think a good confidence in terms of my writing ability because they said there really wasn't a lot of, you know, grammar problems and things were well rounded out. So I, like I felt really good from that. So then I decided to keep working with and Press and I wanted to get um, further editing done because I had been through it myself what felt like a hundred times. And I just, again, I really wanted like a third party person to to take a look, someone who does that kind of thing for a living. So I decided to start going this self-publishing route and work with Friesen Press, who is a publisher. And it was great. They assigned um, like a project manager to me and they worked with me through the whole thing, through the edits, the back and forth, the cover design, all of that kind of stuff. And it was really, really... um, great because I didn't know how to do any of that myself. And so it was really good to have somebody kind of there that could kind of guide me through how all of this works. And then also somebody that knows how to then get the book for sale um, and, and print it as well. So that's how I did that, and I know others might be interested in and Press, so you can see them, um, it's F-R-I-E-S-E-N-P-R-E-S-S, FriesenPress.com, and um, I do have a referral code as well, if you're interested, you can either DM me, but um, if you refer... Other people to freeze and press, then um, you can get 10% off your first publishing path if you use a referral code from me. So that's something that's kind of neat as well about them. And then the next question that I would really ask would be how did COVID change the experience or change your publishing path? And for me, it changed it actually a lot because I, right before COVID hit, went to the RISE conference in Toronto hosted by Rachel Hollis. And I really felt inspired. And then I came home and COVID hit and I was like, oh my gosh, like who even cares about this book? Like, let's be real. You know, we're in a pandemic. Nobody cares about this book. But I started to then see the opportunity. I was working from home and I thought, well, you know, I'm not commuting. It gives me a little bit more energy in the evenings that I could keep working to bring this book forward. And then that's about the time that I did also um, make the decision to actually move in the self publishing route. And so. A little while after COVID hit, I ended up starting to work with Freeze Press and it just, it made it a different process, but I think the right process. So it was funny because when I initially met with um, one of the people from Freeze Press about what i what were my goals i was like i want to see this book in print in like chapters or indigo and i really wanted to like get it into bookstores but as we transitioned into this pandemic i started to see how much online shopping everybody was doing and personally i was doing a lot of online shopping and so that started to become less of a goal. And that's where I then started to move more into distribution through Amazon, um, as well as the Freeze and Press bookstore, because it just kind of made, made more sense to me. So that was totally different. Because like I said, I thought what I want is to walk into chapters and find my book. And, you know, that's really changed because I can honestly say I haven't been inside a bookstore in over a year right? With the pandemic, I've been just ordering things online. And I think that's the reality. So that totally changed for me, in terms of COVID. Um, But also in the positive way, I I maybe never would have kept going, you know, having the time because I wasn't commuting two hours a day. um, And then, you know, having that extra energy from not doing that as well, did keep me pushing. And I think. The other thing that has really changed, though, is the post-production, post-publication time. So the the other thing I totally imagined was going to writers' conferences or different markets and promoting my book in person or maybe doing talks and having copies of my book for sale. And of course, again, those in-person events aren't happening you know I would have loved to have a launch party um, and I thought of you know I could do something like virtual but the reality is it's just such a different world in terms of marketing the book right now and, and I wouldn't even call it marketing because what I just really want to do is get the book in people's hands and get it in front of people but um, so the in-person promotion piece hasn't happened so much but you know, there are so many other things that um, everybody else uses nowadays. And so we're just kind of thinking outside of the box in terms of social media. And, you know, I've had friends share about the book and and things like that. So all of that is perfect. And, and hopefully the online route is really going to be helpful in terms of getting this out to the community. So those are the big things that I would say changed with COVID. So I guess overall, I'm just so excited to get this book out there. Um, I really hope that people find value, that people enjoy the story or find something in the story for them um, and, and that it is helpful. I think one of the things that I really struggled with because the story is about somebody with pandas pans is I knew that I couldn't represent everybody's experience and I know there will be families that are struggling with pandas and pans that will say this is not what my life looks like you know this is not accurate this is not what we've been through and of course it isn't it can't be and and that's one thing that I really struggled with as I wrote it that it can't be reflective of everybody's experience with the disorder because everybody's is different. And so that's where I tried to take different parts of different things that I've either read or heard or seen or all of that kind of stuff. But I think overall, even if it can increase awareness among the teaching community, among any medical professionals, among just kids who are looking to understand what this might be or to feel understood themselves, Hopefully, it just adds to that discussion. It's not meant to be advice. It's not meant to be this is how it is for everybody. And I just hope that everybody will read the the story kind of in that light. Most of all, if you do order the book, I would love some feedback. You know, if there's something that you identify with that your you know child who maybe reads it enjoys, uh, I would love to hear it. And hopefully, you'll consider reading it. My big goal now is to try to get it in libraries. Hopefully, it could make its way into schools. That would be great as well. But um, just starting small and, and doing what I can. I wrote a book, and I am so excited to share it with all of you. Pendulum by Essie German is now available. The story follows a young boy named Ben as he changes from a silly, energetic, happy little guy to a boy that is anxious, obsessive, emotional, angry, and depressed. After visiting 20 doctors and getting seven misdiagnoses, his mental health declining even further, he's finally diagnosed with PANDAS, a neuroimmune disorder. PANDAS stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorder. Associated with streptococcal infections. It's a little known and understood disorder without a cure. At eight years old, Ben and his family move to a new city to start a new life. He gains confidence, navigates his first crush, and plays competitive sports. Ben encounters many challenges in a new school while also coping with his mental health issues and trying to understand and accept himself and his disorder. Ben shares how he handles all the trials of being a middle grader and having pandas and his unique outlook on both the disorder and his life. Pendulum is available at amazon.com, amazon.ca, and also through the Friesen Press bookstore. It can be found in hardcover, paperback, and the ebook. I hope you will check it out soon. If you're interested in hearing more from me and my company, Real Life Project Co., please consider joining our email list. You can do so by visiting my Instagram page, at sarahladygluten. And within that, there is a link in the bio to my webpage. The webpage talks all about my new book, Pendulum, as well as the podcast, and of course, gives an area where you can sign up for the email list and then get a free 30-day self-care calendar with 10-minute ideas to get your self-care on. Please consider visiting the page, again, in my Instagram bio. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you are looking for that advice, please seek that out from a professional. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can visit my blog, www.theallergybees.wordpress.com, or follow me online at Sarah Lady Gluten on Instagram, S A R A L A D Y G L U T E N, or the Facebook page, Sarah Lady Gluten. If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing so that you will get the podcast update every week and or reviewing the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Thanks again and have a great week.